Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You two are just dumb in a bag of hammers. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Second period. Lou Nanny joins us now as he does every week during the season, uh, this time on Friday instead of Thursday. Louie, do you find it odd that when that when the cup comes out and a guy like Ovechkin wins his first cup in 13 years, and I watch that, that I start to well up and actually have a few tears fall? Well, you know, Judd, it's funny you said that. Because I have never been more surprised than I have been. And I, I don't mean just in the Twin City area, but traveling around. I was in Texas yesterday and, and California the day before that. And every place I go, people I talk to are excited about Ovechkin having a chance to win the Cup, which just blew me away. You know, you always think that because of the rivalry with Crosby and Ovechkin that that there, some people just definitely hated Ovechkin and didn't want him to ever win. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was just blown away by how many people. They, they didn't say we want Washington to win the Cup. They said we want Ovechkin to win the Cup. I think there's a certain something about athletes that persevere and, and remain great, Lou, that as they age, and, and especially if they don't have a championship, you get more invested because I just, I mean, that's 13 years that this guy, and he's been a great player, but that's 13 years that, that he had worked towards this. And I know that there was a time that he probably didn't appreciate how hard this would be, but just all those thoughts, I get emotional just seeing that because it's just in some ways so cool to see a guy like that so far in, into his career finally get that championship. Well, I agree with you, and I really think that having uh, him show the kind of emotion he had throughout throughout the playoffs and especially throughout that series was another thing that really, uh, I think, uh, solicited the, the feelings that you're talking about from individuals. And, and uh, I mean, he just emoted passion. It was unbelievable, unbelievable to watch. First of all, how hard he worked, but secondly, and most importantly, how excited he was when his team would score a goal. Did you see video of Capitals players going through the MGM lobby at like midnight last night with the cup in their street clothes? No, I didn't. <laughs> it's where go search through your Twitter feed at some point. There's video. I don't know. It's probably all over the place. But uh, once they got done celebrating in the arena, they uh, they took the cup led by Ovi. And they just walked through the MGM Grand Lobby and had all kinds of people with their phones just filming them, and uh, it was pretty cool. Well, you know, it's funny you said that, Phil, because last night after the game, and I'm trying to sleep, and my wife says, geez, what's the matter? You can't sleep. I said, I got to tell you, all my life I wanted to win the Stanley Cup. I never won the Cup. I got close, but never won it. And, And here I am. 
thinking about how those guys are feeling right now having won that cup. Yeah. I, I can't get this out of my head, what kind of emotions they're feeling, what kind of uh, you know things are going through their mind, the, the experiences they're having. It was just It's just something that, uh, you know, that uh, I, I just didn't have the good fortune of having, and I, I miss so much, and, and I, I just wonder how you feel when you finally win it. Well, I, not to pick at old scabs here, but what, you know, from, from a Vegas standpoint, you know, let's go to 1981, you as a general manager, what, what is that feeling like when you grind for the whole regular season and two months and you can, you can feel it, you can smell it, but then you come up a game or two short? Actually, Phil, it's something that never leaves you because I sat down after the game when we lost, and all I could think about, and I was right, all I could think about is how tough it would be to get back to the finals again, Yep. let alone win it. What we went through to get to the finals, how many teams want to get to the finals, and what you have to you know, endure, and plus how lucky you have to be that you're staying away from injuries, your best players are playing good. I mean, there's so many things, and we never got back for another 10 years. And and I, I stop and think about Philadelphia winning the Cup in 75 and how it felt. You know, here's an expansion team. Uh, the expansion came in in 67, and eight years later they're winning it. Now stop and think about it. It's 43 years since they won the Cup, and they won again. Yeah. yeah, and and Lou, the the perspective t- to me is this: the Wild played the Jets, and, and their season came to an end forty eight days ago. So, I mean, just to go just to go through that grind that the Caps did, and and to play for what approximately sixty more days, and to have guys get hurt, and to have to get goaltending, and to have to get this and that. The the incredible grind to me, and and that's where that where it becomes so difficult to win this thing. Well, and and if you think that's difficult, stop and think about about teams like the Islanders or the Oilers when you're winning four four cups and three cups in a row, and how many extra games those guys played over that time, plus the other season when they didn't win it but got to the finals or semifinals. I mean, you know, the seven years. We went seven years straight in the playoffs when I was managing here. You know how many playoff games we played? 76. Wow. Mm. 76 playoff games. Yeah. I mean, that if, you, if you're a player that stayed with all those 76 games, you know, you're, you're putting another season in at a higher intensity. Wow. Uh, so... Jack Ferreira back here as I think they initially announced it incorrectly as assistant GM Lou, but he's going to be an advisor to Paul Fenton. Uh, your, your thoughts on bringing back a guy who, if I'm not mistaken, replaced you as the North Star GM and spent at least three years here? Yeah, we uh, when I retired in uh, in '78, uh, we hired Jack and and Jack hired Lombardi. We had Jack and Lombardi here, and Paget's coach was really good staff. And Jack's a uh, and really a nice hockey man. He's a neat guy. Uh, he's been in a, you know, I, I actually, he tried out for the Olympic team when I when I was playing with the Olympic team, and that's when I first met him. Really? And he's been, yeah, he was a goaltender. He made, uh, uh, he played out in Boston and, and made hockey his life. I mean, he just was really committed to it. He's a very nice guy. They thoroughly loved the cities when they were here. Now, I don't know if he's going to work out of here, you know, being an assistant. It would be a great sounding board. When you're a general manager, you like to have a confident right there. You know, I had Mariucci, right. who was my coach, and it, it, it's really a, just a great sounding board. Uh, 
and if you have confidence in the person like Paul has in Jack, it it gives you a lot of a lot of uh, I guess confidence when you're making a decision. But really, uh, it, it, it's a leveling effect for you. Keeps you away from the highs and lows. Yeah. So uh, what's usually the timeline? The, the the season ends and then free agency starts in July. I mean, are we? Yeah. Do, do do GMs take a minute, or do you just get right into? I mean, I suppose if you've been bounced from the playoffs, you've been back channeling and doing whatever whatever you can without getting hit with a tampering uh, penalty. But what's what sort of the the behind the scenes look right now if you're a team like the Wild? Well, there's no doubt that they're already talking to agents about. Uh, prospective free free agents and and what they're going to cost and where they are. You you know I, I mean they made a, when Tory died they had that that story in there about uh, when when I signed Frank never beaten beaten. Remember he was playing St Paul and <laughs> he, he was playing the, he was playing in Indianapolis in the Central League at the time. And Tory and Fletcher and I you know we we really stuck together and, and held that lean together together and we'd have to move franchises sometime. They said, Louis, yeah, you had no ties. Says, uh, I think it was Salt Lake I was at, or maybe I was even in Nashville at the time. He says, go to Birmingham. We need that market. I said, okay, fine. So I, I went to the market. I said, announced we're going in there and I signed B- uh, Frank Beaton. This is in May. Tory calls me up. He says, you can't sign Beaton. He says, you know, he's not a free agent till July 1st. He says, look, you guys want me to go there. I'm going. I'm not screwing around waiting. I'll, I'm signing them and so I'll buy a dinner at the Palm. He said, "Okay, you got a deal." <laughs> so I, I, we send in the we send in the uh, the uh, the report or you know the contract that, and and uh, Brian O'Neill calls me. He says, "You can't trade a player for dinner at the Palm." I said, "You know how much it costs?" I said, "Do yeah, you know? I can get a guy off waivers for hundred bucks. This dinner is going to be more." He says, "You put down future considerations." So I did, and it was Louis, and it was. <laughs> and, and and that's what these guys are doing now. Even though they don't have the right to sign till July first, they're certainly uh, getting a long way along the road. And that happened to me when Detroit stole snaps from us. You know, and I tried to file. I I attempted to file tampering charges against them. And Ziegler, who was very close to Detroit anyway, that's where he was living. He was where he's from, and that I had all kinds of evidence that they talked to him before July first. Didn't matter. Harry snaps. Harry, Harry was great, Louis, but I, I've got a f- feeling now that that's the type of player who probably wouldn't succeed in today's faster-paced game, don't you think? Yeah, you're right. Today, it's, you know, uh, you, you still like him for the defensive uh, things he could do, and he, he still would find a place to play, but he'd be playing in specific situations, right. killing penalties. Uh, uh, you're up, uh, you know, you got to shut the other team down late in the game because... He was real good defensively. He's big, strong. He took care of the front on that, uh, you know, but he's not going to be a featured player like he was then. Hey, Louis, in, in Fenton's case, he's been certainly doing uh, the assistant GM job for a long time, and so he knows uh, how things work. But when you become a GM for the first time, uh, how much do you, you need p- people like you talked about to be sounding boards and to help? Because there's got, there have to be things that until you get that job, you don't have to deal with, at least on a daily basis, right? Well, you're exactly right, and you know that's that's why when I when I when I went from general manager to president, I left my assistant there because Jack was new at that at that job, mm-hmm. and I wanted somebody in the hockey department that really had really had a knowledge of the contracts, the dates, the uh, you know the drafts, everything. Because you miss a date or something, you could lose a player, and so 
you know, you always want to have somebody around that's got an idea that can uh, be of help to you when you you have a question about some of those things. Yeah. Wait, one thing we talked about like an hour ago here too, just sort of back to the uh, the Capitals winning the cup. And something the Wild can learn, but I'm not sure I'm not sure how you act on this. It's it helps to have a goalie who just steps up in the postseason. If you look at Braden Holpe and Devin Dubnik in the regular season, the last four years are almost identical. The same exact, down to the decimal, the same exact goals against average, same exact save percentage. And I know there's more that goes into it than that. But then once they get to the postseason, Holpe has been one of the best goaltenders the past few years. And Devin Dubnik had a pretty good series against St. Louis a year ago. But other than that, it's like if you can step up, I don't know if you can get that out of somebody or if it's just in you to begin with, but it obviously helps, Lou. That's the, you just hit the nail on the head. That's the biggest thing. It doesn't matter what you talk about. You don't win the Stanley Cup with bad goaltending or or adequate. It's not as good as the other team's goaltending. It's just too tough to do. You 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 really really need goaltending. You talk about pitching in baseball and quarterback in football. Nothing's more important than that goaltender in hockey. What uh, does, in your mind, Louie, the Golden Knights success do now as far as owners going to GMs and saying, hey, if they can do it, why not us? What does this change as far as as possibly how teams approach things, knowing that we just saw an expansion team, and a good one, but an expansion team go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals? You know what it's going to do? It's going to affect things that you're not going to see, for instance, and and that's going to be general managers dealing with, Right now, to make a play, to get a player or move a spot, they're going to be very cautious about what they throw in to get the kind of player they want. And and especially when you go to the next expansion, you're not going to see nearly as many. Uh, I'll give you this if you you know if you take him, and I'll give you the extra player, extra prospect. Going to be a lot less of that. It's going to be more. Okay, take your pick. I, I know I I got to take my medicine one way or the other, but I'm going to be uh, very careful about what I throw into deals now. Yeah. Hey, before we uh, say goodbye here for the hockey season, any predictions or any any inkling of what the Wild might do here once once the floodgates open up in July? Well, I, uh, you know, I really don't know what what they uh, what they got available to trade, and I don't know who's available on other teams. I I, I have to say, coming in as a new general manager, you better be cautious because your views from the outside aren't necessarily how you're going to feel after you're there for a while. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, Boudreaux's views on Spurgeon. Very, very, you know, uh, he was skeptical whether Spurgeon was going to be able to play in his team until he got here, then he found out he was as good a defenseman as he had. So you've you got to take time to know what you got, I think, unless you're so confident in the guy you're getting back in the trade. So I, I don't expect... Big trades right away, unless unless there's somebody that Fenton really coveted out there, and uh, and then he he makes a deal to to get him. I would think he'd wait on that a bit. I'd see him more interested in the free agent market, see what he could hold, he could plug before he made a deal. Yeah. Well, it's been an, you, another fun season, and we really appreciate it, Lou. Thanks, guys. Yeah. It's great, it's great, great stuff. Being with you. All right, we'll talk, we'll talk. We'll talk soon. Lou Nanny, legendary, always. A, a great guest on this show that's for a number cup, of years. That's why the cup makes me tear up, though. Because guys spend their entire life chasing that thing, and a lot of them don't get it. But guys spend their entire life chasing all sports trophies. Sure, but I'm just, but the cup, the Stanley Cup itself is just special. 
just yeah. the trophy and the thing. Yeah, I think you you are you love hockey. Yeah, so you and tear up cool, a little bit. And it's cool that Louie talks about the the fact that I mean he spent his entire career based playing GM president of the team chasing that and and a lot of those people don't get it. Listen, I can't uh, I can't knock you too much because when Shawn Michaels fulfilled his boyhood dream. <laughs> Of winning the WWF championship uh, yeah, could, yeah. after an Iron Man match against Bret Hart. You lost it? I teared up a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a yeah. little? Or a did lot. you start crying? Yeah. I was like 12. I yeah. yeah, exactly right. The boyhood dream came true for Shawn Michaels. With Daniel Bryan, compared wrestling WrestleMania to, 30. Compared wrestling to this Yeah, when he cup. won two matches in one night. So disturbing. Like, Pin Batista, beat Triple H. Let's go to break. Okay. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Are we ready? Let's get it on. On 1500 ESPN. The puck drops the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert mirage. It's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington. Fans, we did it. Get some beers, get some whatever, and start celebrating. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Washington Capitals, baby. Woo! (laughs) Alex Ovechkin. Drink a lot of beer, champagne. I don't know what his drink of choice is, but he's uh, probably going to drink a lot of it. Probably all of them last night. All of them. In beer. various casinos. I'm willing to bet Ovi doesn't. I think Ovi might pull a 24 hour bender. <laughs> he looks like, like he's capable, right? He, yeah, he looks yeah. like he's very capable of being yeah. 24 hours in Vegas, drinking, gambling, and uh, doing oh, other sure. things the entire time without actually sleeping. Yes. Yeah, he's a. Uh, there's a lot of like you know you know sort of slick marketable athletes, soccer players like Ronaldo, right? Just chiseled and the Kobe Bryant's, LeBron James. Ovechkin is the most rugged looking yes. superstar household name guy. I mean, Sidney Crosby, clean shaven. He'll grow the beard you know once in a while, but Ovechkin's, Ovechkin's game too though is is because it's not a, it's edges. it's not his shot is incredible, but his game is not really what what you would define as smooth or pretty. He plays a very hard game. He hits a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he he does not he would not be defined as a smooth player. Yeah. Here's a question for you. All right. And then I don't mean this to rip on your favorite sport, but I just want to I want to poke a couple holes in the narrative that Lord Stanley's Cup is the hardest trophy in sports to win. Why is that the narrative? You know, why is it? Because I, I I would guess, and I, I'm trying to do the the digging on this. There's been there's been over 1,300 players who have hoisted a Stanley Cup at some point who have won a Stanley Cup. I don't know how that compares to some of the other sports, but I would just think that I would just think that percentage wise, there's probably more hockey players who have won a Stanley Cup than basketball players. Because if you're not on the Warriors or the Spurs or the Bulls or the like Celtics or Lakers, you're you're not winning an NBA championship. If you don't have Tom Brady or John Elway or Joe Montana as your quarterback, I don't think you're not it's winning because, an NFL championship. But it's not based on the players as much. It's partially based on that. It's not based on the players though as much as the actual grind itself and the fact that we always find out. After the fact, we'll find out within the next week that like five capitals played near death. 
<laughs> Backstrom, <laughs> Nicholas Backstrom played because they showed it. That happens he in football, too. He broke his though. finger. Right, but but in the football playoffs, if you play the wild card game, you play what? You play a wild card game. If you get through that, you play divisional playoffs. So f- four games. I think the, the narrative in hockey is it's so hard to win because it beats you up so badly. Basketball's probably, I mean, the it's, fatigue it's not as physical, but the fatigue in basketball is is huge too. Yeah, but you're playing like two or two times as many minutes in those games as you would be in in hockey. But hockey takes great pride in after the fact saying, "Look, we had we had three guys with you know who, damn near paralysis who kept playing." Right. So that's why. So it's mostly like it's just the okay. It's the it's the narrative of the not the narrative. It's the reality of the grind and yeah. It's not so much saying our players are the greatest. It's saying that that for a team to get through that. Because winning, win, winning Wimbledon or the Masters is a hell of a lot harder My, and more rare. Than, I think the best point winning a Stanley Cup. I think the best point is is the Stanley Cup Finals ended last night, and as I told you before, the Wild essentially got done fifty days ago. Mm-hmm. Like if you think back now to their their last game, it doesn't seem like it was last week. It doesn't seem like it was. It seems like it was forever ago. And there was still a team playing, or two teams playing in that same season last night. I think that's why. Yeah. All right. I just wanted. I just wanted to ask that. I I, I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't like, oh, it's just impossible to win a cup no. in terms of like the sheer numbers. Like, no, well, no, no, that's not at all. Uh, Dave, what do you got next? And stuff you should know about. A little bit more puck talk, or excuse, I should say, cup talk, courtesy of Snoop. And when the WWE cross pollinates with ESPN, you get explosions like we had yesterday. Wow. Okay, Amazing. can't wait. Uh, I think that's probably the Miz, right? I haven't seen this, but I heard that the Miz made. Some, okay, cool. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Wow, the suspense. That's a, this is a cliffhanger. Mackie and Judd. Cliffhanger on fifteen hundred ESPN. The next Phil Mackie. When will I know I'm a man? Your mom and I will tell you. Judd Zolgad. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Mackie and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by Concordia University. Get on track to a successful business career with Concordia University St. Paul. Learn online or on campus. Learn more about their business degrees at online.csp.edu. Twin City sports fans are chanting for right now. Mackie and Judd continue with stuff you should know about. I don't care about skull. I want stuff. Do you have a request? Because normally you tell me what you're most interested uh, in. Phil, I think, is easily m- most excited about the wrestling yes. I- item and stuff. But I don't know if you want to start there or make him wait for a while. Okay, so you didn't have a request. You could have just said that. <laughs> Let's start okay. with this item. Since we've been talking a lot about the cup, it was won last night by Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. Now we know. 100 days. The Capitals will parade it around the world. Everyone gets a day with the cup. And to explain more about that, we, of course, go to Snoop D-O-double-G. The cup has seen and done some crazy stuff over the years. Players have eaten out of it. Drank champagne out of it, and one even chipped his tooth on it. A couple of babies were baptized in it, praise God. And a couple of kids accidentally baptized it. Don't worry, it gets clean. It's been to the top of a few mountains, been to Lenin's tomb in Moscow. And in the 60s, the Maple Leafs accidentally threw it in a bonfire. 
which sounds like a great party. The Stanley Cup is filled with tradition. It's the coolest trophy in sports, and I think they should give it to me for a week. I wouldn't mind filling it up with some gin and juice, have a few swimmers swimming in it, in bikinis. I promise I'll send it back in one piece. Wow. These Snoop videos are catching on. I kind of like these. They're delightful. I have a dumb Stanley Cup question. So they engrave the names of all the players on each winning team. Coaches. And they've yeah. got like Personal. however many rungs. How far do they have to remove? Yep. They take them off. Okay. So how, like, if so you have the cup this year. Our last, so last year's names are still on it for sure. Oh, yes. And many 10 years yes. ago. Yep. But how far back do they go before they have to start I... removing Saw I saw that note last night, and I forget what the exact year was, but it's a it's a long way back. I mean, you, you've got a lot of because it's players on the team. I think it's coaching staff, and I think it's personnel as well. Uh, and I saw somebody put a note in last night saying that like Maurice Richard's name was com- coming off like from way way back. So, but yeah, they take the rings. They eventually take rings off the cup, and I believe at that point they take them to Toronto and stick them in the uh, hockey hall of fame. Correct. The rings are retired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So the Miz was on first take yesterday. The Miz has become one of the great promos in wrestling history. I mean, I would I would agree with that. Excited, we're in Cleveland. I'm with my people. Win, lose, or draw. I don't care what happened last night. I don't care what happened game two and game one. Game four, we take it. Game five, we take it. Game six, we take it. Game seven, we take it. But there's somebody else at ESPN who gives a pretty good promo himself. That would be Stephen A. Smith. That, of course, uh, that was on first take. As was this, Stephen A. says, Well, Miz, I appreciate your acumen in the WWE ring. However... Not when it comes to your basketball, uh, because you're emotional. You know what I'm saying? It has nothing to do with with anything other than emotional. You are believe. You are about believe land. You are about miracles, and they're applicable to no one else on the planet other than your Cavaliers. When it comes to you, that is my problem, because I'm wondering where is the shred of objectivity in all of this going to come from? Where is it? You did watch last night. You saw what happened. I saw what happened. You saw Absolutely. your team lose even though Steph Curry shot one for ten from three-point range. You think that's going to happen again? No. Miz? We need to come together as a team in Cleveland. You did? And, and you stopped Steph Curry yeah, and Clay Thompson did. and you it did didn't work. Way better. It didn't you work. Did way better. It didn't work. And I get it, but but you, you did see Curry hit that three in the fourth quarter he was wide, wide open. open. He was I know. Wide open. I know. I was Listen. right in front of it okay. and I wanted to go out there and punch him. That's but right. I couldn't. Okay. What'd you think? Um, well, I think I think if you would let those guys go a little bit longer, I think you'd find the Miz would uh, would have some quippier things to say to Stephen A. Smith. But he was clearly he was he was holding it for Monday Night Raw. He's holding it for Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. This is gonna sound really weird, but is ESPN trying to make Stephen A. Smith slightly more likable in some ways? They're putting him on more with Will Bond, which is just fantastic because Michael's great. And I almost feel like they've told them, you can continue the yelling, but lighten it up a little bit and have more fun. It seems like in the last six months, he's become, he's 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 bought into the character a little bit more instead of being so damn serious about it all the well, time. I don't, I don't think you make it that long and we make that much money if you're not somewhat likable, you know, over the course of 15 years. But there's maybe more of a playful nature to yeah. his banter than... 
There was a there was a time was was it two years ago when when Kevin he threw the warning shot out to Kevin Durant. Yes, like he, he like challenged Kevin. It was Durant. sort of like, it was uncomfortable. Do not, you do not want to cross me. Yes, it was it was a, <gasps> very very cryptic. Very cryptic. Uh, Dustin Pedroia plays for the Red Sox. He has for quite a long time. He played for nine years alongside David Ortiz. There was a problem. David Ortiz didn't realize his name was Dustin. For, 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 for nine, nine years. Y- for, for nine years. That's the claim. <laughs> Our guy Jason Stark has his uh, show on Stadium TV. He had a chat with Dustin Pedroia, who shared this knowledge, and then they played a clip from about a year or two ago when they had a had the David Ortiz roast. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And well, this was Pedroia at the roast sharing that story. Catcher comes over to me and goes, "Hey, what's up, Dustin?" I go, "Hey, what's up, man?" David walks over and goes, what the f*** do you call you? I go, what? He goes, what do you call you? I said, Dustin. He goes, well, why do you call you that? I go, that's my f- name. He goes, oh, is that right? I'm like, yeah, bro. I've played 1,600 games with you. I probably they, They've actually said it 5,000 times. Now batting number 15. Dustin Pedroia. And he goes, I thought it was Pee Wee. <laughs> oh, that is, oh, that's awesome. That's that's impossible. There's no way. You'd have to think it is, but... The story's told so well, though, I want to buy it. Well, you know what, though? We've made fun of Judd for this very same thing. That you've. How long have you been here now? Seven years? Six years? Seven years? Seven years, I think. And there's a lot of people that you've seen around for seven years in the hallway that if you said, Judd, what's that person's name? Oh, I would have no idea. that you have no idea, right? But that would be like me not knowing Harrigan's first name. Ortiz is, I mean, he's right by the guy all the time. If you're around me, I know your your name. If I see you in the hallway, I don't. But if I deal with you on a daily basis, I do. That's real. That that story was told so well, I believe it. Or at least I want to believe it. Oh, yeah. We have to want to believe it. We also have to want to believe that A-Rod is a baseball genius. But do you know where he gets his baseball genius from, boys? So I I did see this on Instagram. Yes. Okay, I th- it feels like a bit, but go, go of ahead. Of course it's a bit, but okay. it's a wonderful bit. The Girlfriend, J-Lo. You want to know a little bit about Moneyball? She can teach you. By the name of Billy Bean took over the Oakland A's. And he knew that he couldn't compete with the Yankees or the other big teams, the Dodgers. So he hired a guy, didn't know much about baseball, but knew numbers. Then he realized that the most undervalued players were the power hitters and the guys who did the most walks. They, number-wise, sabermetric-wise, they were the most undervalued players. He decided he was going to be a contrarian, and he was going to pick up these undervalued players and create his team and get rid of these other players to these teams. This became known as Moneyball. Now, cut to 20 years later, 2018, haters hate, and then they, here's what happened. You have 30 teams now doing the same thing. There's only one problem with this. It creates a very boring game, and you actually can't win baseball championships that way. And that's what you want to say, baby. <laughs> that's kind of hot, right? I mean, yeah. J-Lo talking board, you know, sabermetrics. All around. So, yeah. How is this so... She did this like in front of a what? Just a studio it, it, audience or no, something? Or no, and it was just like it was just at home with. So there was like, a, there's the another video that juxtaposes uh, a Rod on ESPN. Okay, talking about the same thing. 
So my guess is she, they made it look like, oh, she's the one who is giving A-Rod All this right. information about Moneyball, and then A-Rod goes on TV, which is probably just the opposite, where, okay, it'd be funny right. if you okay. picked up what I talked about on ESPN, we put it out on Instagram, and people think you're a sabermetrician. No, you're I'm doesn't not doesn't no, get you to join. Not, it does nothing. Doesn't for me. get you to join Instagram. No, no, it does not. Okay. I should, but that does not. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Which former major league pitcher does Jose Barrios remind you guys of? In terms of uh, like physical appearance stuff, or stuff, appearance, effectiveness on the mound. Um, you know what, Roy Oswalt, a little shorter, okay, scrappy. There's one name. Okay. Judd, do you have I any I know that's probably not like the name that you were there? going for, but... Uh, no, he, he doesn't, so... Pedro Martinez has an answer. Well, this kid is gifted. But at the same time, this kid has, is making the, the proper adjustment at the right time. This kid uh, it reminds me a lot of me because he's pretty much the same size. Uh, he's a little longer and more fluent than I was, but uh, he's cleaning up everything in his mechanics. His fastball is getting consistent. One thing that I noticed, this kid has found a way to subtract velocity in, in his breaking ball. And remember, last year, he was all hard, 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 hard slider, hard breaking ball. Everything was hard. This kid has found a way to get comfortable on the mound, get good balance, and create that deception on the breaking ball. I'll take that. Yeah, that's a uh, well. That's if okay. It, if anybody else had compared him to Pedro Martinez, I would have said let's pump the brakes a little bit here. But if it's Pedro Martinez comparing him to Pedro Martinez, all right. Let's Whoa! Not yeah. to mention there's that one time that Brios took that old bald guy and threw him to the ground. Yeah, that's true. It was fantastic. Yeah. Exactly. For that. And the Yankees hit him around. Hey, and all I know is that is that Brios threw a complete game. And you know what? That's the way baseball should be. Just like Bert said yesterday. That's what you want when you start a game. You want to complete that game. Nine innings. Grind. Well, he uh, yeah, he went to bed the night before and visualized a complete game. Did he visualize two hours and fif- 15 minutes, too? Because <laughs> I use my, a lot of baseball fans would take that. He's my hero after that. Uh, we'll talk to Chris Singleton uh, about twins and Major League Baseball items at 1130. Maybe we can float this by him, too. It's interesting comparison. And uh, Chris Long, I don't know if he's been drinking champagne all night, but his favorite hockey team won the Stanley Cup championship, so we'll catch up with our... Our Capitals-loving friend, Chris Long, too. And write that down, predictions. Usually at 10 o'clock on Fridays, we're going to do those in about 15 minutes. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Man, isn't this the greatest? On 1500 ESPN. Uh, Mackie, Judd Zolgad. You know, it's, it's just like his own reality show. Mackie and Judd. I love it. On 1500 ESPN. Ever dream of playing a little football at U.S. Bank Stadium? Well, we've got that chance for you. Sign up your team to participate in United Health Group's Touch of Football Flag Football Tournament. It's happening Saturday, September 8th at U.S. Bank Stadium. Flag football teams will take it over for this one-day six-on-six tournament all to raise money for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Team spots are limited. Get your team signed up now. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Thank you, Dave. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anthony Bourdain died this morning, age 61. I know pe- it's all over the news and people have seen it. And I didn't watch his his show a lot, Parts Unknown, and it, suicide is uh, is what they're speculating right now. But I don't know. He was whenever I watched that show, it, it was always awesome. He was always traveling to exotic parts of the world, drinking bourbon and 
you know, catching up with different people from different cultures. And it was, the, I just remember it being the show that was always on. If you had a morning flight and you went to the, you went to the <laughs> Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport CNN. and they have CNN on all the TVs and like Anthony, if you showed up at five o'clock for a six thirty flight, it was always the show that was on in the airport. So I know whenever you see someone that on a TV show that you watched or someone who was too yeah, young, weird. age 61, it's uh yeah, it's sad. So Anthony Bourdain, 61. You guys never watched Parts Unknown? You guys never ever get into Anthony Bourdain? I did not. Yeah, no more than just seeing clips every once in a while. Max did. Intern Max did. Max was a He's fan? Saying okay. he, he did, yeah. I guess if it wasn't on NHL it. Network, it wouldn't be on Judge Radar or after Law & Order. Re- oh, you know what's on in my house now all the time? The wife has a new obsession, that live PD show. So oh, ba- is that where they, like, they're like they rolling in police vehicles yes. as it's happening? Yeah, well... Sort yeah, of. sort of, but it's supposed to be, it looks like uh, an updated cops, perhaps, or something. It's on, she is completely addicted now. That is replaced. Housewives is still on sometimes. Oh, did you see the episode where they just were roaming around Maple Grove on a weekend a couple weeks ago, and they pulled a guy over for getting into a yellow light in the intersection? <laughs> I hope that I hope yeah. that guy contested okay. that bogus ticket, yeah, too. real edgy TV. I hope that guy contested that. <laughs> I heard he gave him lip, and they cuffed him, and... Roughed him up a little bit and then allowed him to go. How yeah. live are we talking on this? I think it's it's I think it's turned around in probably a week's time okay, or okay. something. It can't it's be, not li- it can't it's be not live live because it would be incredibly boring. Yeah, it's not I'm, live. I imagine like the cameras today we're at a traffic uh, yeah. you know, speed trap. Yeah, we're just gonna hang today, out. Today we're gonna just, stop. It's, watch the gun. It's like it's you guys ever. Well, we had this on when we first got the Roku, uh, the TCL TV, when we put slow TV on. Where they like mount a camera of on a beach somewhere, and you just watch waves crashing in. It could be like that. It's like an hour of yes. of a guy with his radar gun out the window. Today, Today. The, the officers stop at Tim Hortons and Dunkin' yes. Donuts. There's a ball game at Target Field. Officer Johnson is directing traffic. <laughs> no, he wanted that guy to go right. Pull him over. Yeah, it's just mount uh, a camera on the stoplight. <laughs> And you don't partake in this show? You usually just no. What do you? Well, what I happens go in my when, office and do stuff? Okay, I do. I'll I'll do work or something. No, I I hear it, but I can't sit there and my my issue is I can't un, unless it's my f- favorite shows, absolutely or sports. I can't sit there for long periods of time and just watch TV. My attention span has shrunk to so it's so small now. But so you watch sports Twitter. for hours at a time. I know, but I'm on my phone. I'm on Twitter. I'm doing something. What but, are the shows that do you guys have? Any shows that you watch together, or is it mostly she's got her shows and you've got your shows? If there is a Law and Order marathon on, and I get home from work and I'm bored, I'll, I'll watch that with her. But she'll if? spend her days off. Well, that's true. There's always when, a Law and Order okay, marathon when, <laughs> when there's one on, and I've got nothing to do, and I get get home, I'll sit there and and watch it. But she can sit there and watch TV for. Long period of time. But, but Law and Order is the only like joint show that you guys will sit down and watch. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I think it is now. I think it is because she watches Live PD, the Housewives shows, which I can't watch. She watches more primetime shows that that she DVRs. I don't watch those now. I don't have a show now. I'm down to reruns basically, or that that's it. But I am a victim of the fact that my atten- attention span is shot. It's just absolutely shot. Hmm. Years ago, I could. I, I feel like we need to recommend some shows for for some middle ground for one, Judd and the wife. I think you guys would really like billions on Showtime. I probably would, but my problem the, is the, the guy who wrote Rounders. If also I can, wrote if I yeah, and if I can binge watch it on a day that I'm bored, that's fine. 
But if I watch three episodes, odds are I'm done because then I'm not going to come back. It's it's highly unlikely that I'm going to make time to come back and watch the next three or something like that. But you watch random flyers and uh, penguins games. But I'm right? doing other things. I'm not really watching. My, I think one of the reasons why baseball drives me nuts now is yes, it's too slow. But I the day and age in which we we live now has really taken my attention span and baseball has become background TV now. Yeah. I, unless it's a twins game and I'm engaged. Okay. Barrios is pitching. If it's uh Astros, Red Sox, Sunday night baseball, which you used to watch, right? And I still will watch, but it's, it's not like I'm going to engage for three full hours. Like I would have, if it was Pedro Martinez and Roger Clemens for some reason. Yes. Right now we're on billions joint shows. We watch billions empire, which just got over. It's uh, the Fox series. Vanderpump rules, baby. Yeah, that's come in, on in my house. Back before. in on Vanderpump Rules. How, yep. How's our boy doing? Jax? Yeah. He cheated fat on, now he, or skinny? Um, he's puffier. He he definitely just cheated on his gal again. Jax is Judd like. He goes up and down. <laughs> well <laughs> you, you go down? <laughs> wow. Jax uh Wow. Jax ballooning is still like sort of a six pack though, so <laughs> I've seen him when he's been sort of fat. Jack's like I put I've had a six pack under my jacket yeah, no, before. No, what Jack's, are you talking about? No, no, no. Jack's Jack's gonna drink so much that he'll start to balloon up. I don't understand the whole James Kennedy and oh Jack's. Thing, I lose you know? so much respect for you, Phil, when you talk TV. Just stop. Oh, what shows do you watch, tough I guy? I don't watch any. I've got a kid and I've got baseball coaching. Yeah, it's so cool to not watch TV, you guys. No, it's not about being cool. Wait, 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 wait. Cool, don't include me in this. You guys, I, watch I just it. have no attention the span. Only, the only shows I will admit I to watching care. are Law and Order. I know. Cool. No, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Don't include me. I'm not judging. Do you know the crap that's on in my house? You are, but I'm not. Because that would mean, if, if I was judging Phil... Then that means I'm ju- judging the wife, and I have no interest in getting into that I, discussion. I, Whatever she wants to watch is fine. I'm just not watching. I it. feel like you're trying to you're trying to play it off like you don't also find some joy in the trashy TV shows no, that are on in your house. If I sit down and watch them, I do. I'm I just don't have the desire to commit often. But yeah, if there is a now now the housewives shows bore me to no end. That's trashy TV, and it's crap. But if there's a Vanderpump Rules on occasionally, I'll sit down and watch it because I, I think Jax is great. I'm amused by Jax. I think it's like <laughs> yeah. da- You're also Dave's amused called, by the five smoking Dave's, hot women on the show. Dave's too, ripping you. Okay. Dave's ripping you. I am just saying I usually don't watch it, but I'm not. I'm not judging. Yeah, it's okay. So you you have nothing that you watch outside of like the occasional. Twins game? Uh, no, nah, not much regularly. I got. I'm sorry. Trashy TV. I got over like in college. Oh, all right. Ever so since cool. the first season <laughs> so, of Flavor so of Love, I pretty much gave it up. Once they started season two, and <laughs> it was completely different and absolute garbage. They got rid of hoops. They got rid of Pumpkin. And frick, frankly, Flavor Flay was a completely different guy. I I lost Trashy <laughs> TV yeah, altogether. I went through three seasons of Rock of Love. All three. <laughs> all three seasons. It's glorious. Shame on you. He found love three different times. <laughs> Shocked. We should all be so lucky, right? Yeah. Brett Michaels. All right, write that down, predictions, and an accountability session when we come back. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Hang on a second. On 1500 ESPN.